Tonight, yet another staggering heat wave striking fantasy football. Welcome back to the Brodo Heat Wave, powered by the Fantasy Football by Brodo app. 32 teams in 32 days, brought to you by the Brodo team, Mike Petrop, Jason Petrop, Tim Petrop, and Santiago Casanova. Welcome back to the Summer Heat Wave, powered by the Fantasy Football by Brodo app. 32 teams in 32 days, doing it Brodo style, discussing every single relevant player up until the start of the season. Today, we are going to take a look at the Cardinals, one of the more interesting teams, in my opinion. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, joined by my brothers, Michael and Jason Petropoulos. Before we get in, people must be, if they're listening to this for the first time, like Petrop, Petropoulos, what is it? It's both. It's one's a nickname. Before we get into this, though, we want to remind you to download the Fantasy Football by Brodo app, the only app that has every single tool you need to draft a winning team and keep a winning team during the season. And it's absolutely free for a limited time. If you download it right now, what you get for free, by the way, Fantasy Football Player Cards, which is basically a more uh, interesting version of pro- player profiles, who to draft tools, player comps, podcasts, consistency charts, game logs, coaching tendencies, articles, rankings, waivers, every statistic you need, including Brodo exclusive statistics, straight from the minds of the brilliant Jason Petropoulos and Casanova, uh, Santiago Casanova. Ca- why Santiago Casanova? It's the smoothest name, but I always trip over it for some reason. Uh, true throw value, true target value, true performance value, rushing yards over expected, points per opportunity, excluding touchdowns, and so much more. Free for a limited time for our patrons over at patreon.com slash brotofantasy. Join now to support the show and the app, but most importantly, to join the community on Discord. Play in leagues with the Broto Bros. Get an extra podcast per week, which is a very important waiver podcast, private team consultations, free giveaways, and more. And as always, the Brodo Hub is BrotoFantasy.com, where you could find all things Brodo. Let's get into the Cardinals. Cliff Kingsbury back at it. He's the offensive mind. He's the coordinator. He's the head coach. Last year, they were 13th in points for. But this was a different team in the pre-Murray and post-injury Murray injury uh, eras. Uh, Sean McVay and Cliff Kingsbury have been said to be of the same tree. And last year, they ran very similar offenses. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury run, ran almost the exact same amount of plays Cliff Kingsbury, as Sean McVay. Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury, excuse me, and the Cardinals, Sean McVay and the Rams. Uh, and they ran the ball almost exactly like the Rams did, 54% of the time. The Rams, 55% of the time. So very similar offenses and also pretty um, hard to read offenses. Right. This is an offense with some new pieces. Um, you're you're going to love Kyler Murray. I think that everyone knows that. Actually, I was doing a, a mock on Yahoo yesterday and they had Dak Prescott before Kyler Murray. So Kyler Murray is a guy who has a shot to finish number one overall. Like that's the kind of guy he is. So let's get into this because this it all starts with the quarterback for this team because they do run so many plays and because they pass so often. So, Michael, Kyler Murray. Last year, I was aboard the Kyler train. I, I remember in our in our home league, I drafted him in the fifth round. And you guys were like, "Oh my god, what a horrible, terrible pick!" Um, ended up wor- working out. You 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 said that that pick was horrible because you don't I did like. Not me. say that pick was horrible. What are you talking about? 
because I you don't like. I wouldn't have taken a QB that high. I, I hated your Mark right. Andrews pick. I did right, not right, hate right. Your Kyler Murray pick. You you hated it because of the QB it, that high. Yeah, I didn't say right. it was horrible. Right. Bro. No, I'm not saying you didn't like Kyler Murray. I said you didn't like the pick there. I mean, That's you yelled that we yelled it was horrible. The pick you was horrible. That we yelled that all right, fine, fine. I stand corrected. Okay, Michael. Michael also knew Kyler Murray was going to be good last year. Anyway, picking him in the middle of the draft really worked out for me, and I think that it'll work out for you too this year because he has that upside. Um, he was the quarterback one until he got hurt. He hurt his shoulder, which limited his throwing and limited his running because they didn't want him to run and injure the shoulder more. So he was a completely different player uh, at the end of the year, but started to pick it up again at the end of the year when um, he started to get healthier. So, Michael, what's your outlook on Kyler here? And what's your outlook on where where would you take him this year? Yeah, Kyler was um, the overall number one player 10 weeks through the 2020 season, averaging over 30 points per game which is just absolutely absurd he was on pace to have the best fantasy fantasy season of all time he was on pace to score over 480 fantasy points um which would have Patrick Mahomes has that record in 2018 427 points so he would have absolutely destroyed it and then like you said Tim he uh he hurt his he got injured um AC joint sprain and guess what after that he was not the same but even during that time he wasn't awful like he didn't kill your team the thing that scares me with Kyler Murray is he has this ginormous ceiling, obviously, but if something were to happen to him again where he's not able to run, he does become less effective. He uh, he was top 10 in attempts and completions last season, which you like to see. 800 rushing yards he topped, had 11 rushing touchdowns, which he needs to um, return value at his ADP. What you love to see also from his rookie to sophomore season, his true throw value improved from 35th. 221st, which is certainly a nice increase and what you want to see in a young player. And now the um the Cardinals added Rondell Moore to the squad, who is a who they drafted in the second round or third round, I believe. I think second round actually, who round. will give them another nice weapon to utilize. Fourth in the league in pass percentage. I mean in total plays, not pass percentage, in total plays, they're fourth in the league, which is really just exactly what you want from a from a team in up-tempo, high-flying offense like Cliff Kingsbury runs with this team. Um, but look, man, Kyler Murray, last season after Week 10, he was a top-10 quarterback just one time. Prior to Week 10, he was a top-10 quarterback every single year. I think it's clear it had to do with the injury. He still ended as the overall QB2. He has massive, massive, massive upside entering his third year in the league. If you wanted to take him as the first QB off the board, I wouldn't be upset about it. His current ADP in the fifth round, I think, is crazy. Um, I I was never a QB early type guy. I'm still not really a QB early type guy, but if value is there, I'm going to take the value. And I think in the fifth round, if you start with five, I mean, four good, four solid players, you could afford to spend a fifth round pick on a guy like Kyler Murray, who legitimately has game-breaking upside. Like, he was on pace to break the record for most fantasy points last season, and it's nothing has really changed in that offense. He's fully healthy again. The injury is a little bit scary in case something happens to him again. His upside certainly goes down. But, I mean, if you're going to take Kyler Murray in the fifth round, I'm not really going to blame you for it. I have several times in um, in best ball leagues as well, especially if you have like a DeAndre Hopkins or even pairing him with Chase Edmonds and you take advantage or James Conner later of several of the outlets for touchdowns in Arizona. 
You know, it's also interesting, interesting to note that last year, Kenyon Drake had 58 red zone opportunities. That was the fifth most in the league, and he, he took up 35% of the red zone work. Chase Edmonds doesn't profile out as a red zone type of running back. At all. At all. He, I think you mentioned the other day he only has one uh, like target in the red zone ever one rush. or something like that. Huh? One rush in the red zone ever. If you would let one, me... Uh, at the goal yeah. line. If you would let me talk about running backs, I would have said that. My, my bad, Jason. My bad. You mentioned that on a previous podcast. That's why. That's the only reason why I say it. And and James Conner, although he is more of a a red zone back, he's also extremely injury prone. And like this is going to be the fourth straight year. We're going to be like, yeah, you know, the, James Conner is always injured. But if this is the year he's not, then he could pay off. Like, I'm just done playing that game. So let's say James Conner gets hurt. Kyler Murray is also going to see his increase, his usage in the red zone skyrocket because he's going to be like Josh Allen light where he's not going to be like, because Josh Allen's six, six and he's jumping over piles and he's bulldozing people. It's not going to be that sort of thing, but it could be him running the ball in the red zone in a different way. Like Josh Allen does Um, not stylistically, but you know, in general. So that excites me about Kyler even more. I'm back and forth about Josh Allen and Kyler Murray at quarterback one. I'm back and forth every day. I'm like, I'm switching them in my head right now. I have Josh Allen one and Kyler Murray two, but I, I love me some Kyler Murray. Jason, we started mentioning the running backs and let's go over to the running backs. Um, Chase Edmonds, James Connor, an interesting mix. People expected the Cardinals to be a player for one of these running backs in the draft. They didn't get any of them. So what, what do you say with the Cardinals and their running back situation? So, I agree with everything you guys just said. I think there's a real shot that Kyler Murray leads his team in rushing. Because you need to look at the two guys we're looking at. We have Chase Edmonds and James Conner. Chase Edmonds in his career, one carry for negative one yards at the goal line. James Conner in his career, uh, 34 carries at the goal line. 17 touchdowns in those carries. 50% touchdown rate. That's the fourth highest in that span. So, he's been very good at the goal line. And then if you also consider James Conner played 13 games last season and two of those games were missed due to COVID protocols. So we're talking about a guy who has a reputation of always being injured, but he's never actually missed more than a few games in a year, especially if you consider that it was COVID protocols, right? The reason that he missed the game. So when it comes to these two guys, I'm looking at them. And we know Chase Edmonds is going to be the third down back receiving option. Not really going to see goal line carries. And then we have um, Connor. James Connor, who's going to be the first second down guy, who's going to get the goal line carries, who has this reputation of being nicked up, but isn't always super nicked up. And, and then you look at Vegas, and Chase Edmonds had 52 receptions last year. His over-under in Vegas is 45 and a half. So even with Kenyon Drake too. out the door, the smartest people in the world think that he's not going to match his reception total. Smartest people in the world. Vegas people are For fucking this, smart, algorithms. Man. They know how to always... Whoever the sets those algorithms, yeah, some of the smartest people It's an extra game, are. too. Their wins are lower than last year, too, and there's an extra game. They were 8-8 last year, and they got them over under 7.5. That's surprising me, because this is a team that, if you look at it on paper, might you expect, like especially in the third year of this coaching staff, third year of Kyler Murray, for him to take a step up, you'd expect this team to kind of be higher and like on the upswing. But Vegas doesn't agree. It's interesting. Yeah, so what we're looking at is 
two guys who have the potential to be good, have the potential to see a lot of touches, but might not. And honestly, it's what this team looked at like last year um, when you were looking Max. at running backs. And Max. I honestly, I'm close to moving James Conner over Chase Edmonds in my rankings. Uh, unless you're in full PPR, Conner's going to see the more valuable touches. And you could say, you know, receptions are worth 2.7 times more than rushes. But goal line rushes? Because those are worth six points. So, like, that's not 2.7 times. <laughs> You're not getting 18 points for one reception. So, like, I, right now I have them at 29 and 34. I don't have a lot of them on my teams. There's upside where you're drafting them. But at the point you're getting them, unless you're going super zero running back, they're probably your flex, your RB3. And wide receivers at that range just score more points. Like, I'd rather have a wide receiver in my flex spot. It it makes sense. I, I think, Jason, I, I'm, I'm with you on all the logic. But if he does get hurt, James Conner, or even if he – not even if he gets hurt, but, like, if he's just not the same guy just because the injuries have slowed him down, you're going to need volume from James Conner to have any success. Like James Conner is not going to be a guy who breaks out and, and, and goes for a hundred yards a game. Like I think those days are done. You're going to need volume from him and you're going to need goal line work just for him to be decent. So I don't know if, yeah, for me, I'm not going for either of these guys either. They, and like none of them. I mean, Chase Edmonds kind of looks enticing when he drops down to the sixth round. But for me, this is why I lock up running backs in the first two rounds all the time. So I don't got to worry about this shit because Chase Edmonds might fail or he might be great, but I don't have to take that chance. I got two guys that I already know are going to be great. Um, Speaking of great, we know that DeAndre Hopkins is going to be great. That's one thing that we know for sure every single time. Um, But there are other wide receiver receiver weapons here that are interesting. Um, Jason, what are your outlooks on the wide receivers this year? Kind of like what you said. It's DeAndre Hopkins or bust at this point, in my opinion. A.J. Green's... uh, uh, You know, it's a little interesting. It's interesting. Look, it's... It's it's, Stop it. Interesting is one way to put it. Fun is another. Waste of time is another. (laughs) I prefer the latter. Look, last year, A.J. Green. Michael doesn't like fun. Michael has is, is adverse to fun. Oh, I AJ love Green fun. saw 104 <laughs> targets last year. Turned that into 47, 523, and 2. Talk about Tyler Higby on the last one, turning 56 targets into 41, 480, and 5. That's what a good player does. A.J. Green had worse numbers on 104 targets. The guy's toast. And they might try to force feed him. He might have a few good games. That's fine. And the annoying part is that he's going to be the number two option on the outside. I'm not taking the risk of grabbing him. And then you also have Christian Kirk coming out of the slot or on the outside or wherever he's going to come out. 2019, 37th in true target value, ended as the 41st receiver. 2020, 39th in true target value, ended as the 45th wide receiver. Um, as he gained more experience in the league, his targets dropped from 108 to 79. There's a reason for that. It's because he's not very good. I'm also fading Christian Kirk. Because then you also have to consider that DeAndre Hopkins is going to see a shitload of targets. Over the last four seasons, if you take his lows, all of his lows, DeAndre Hopkins, 96 receptions, 1,165 yards, six touchdowns. His highs, 115 receptions, 1,572 yards, 13 touchdowns. 
The guy's pretty unreal, man. And you know he's going to get a shitload of targets. Well, the question is, who's going to see the rest of them? And I think it's just going to be spread out, and it's not something that I really want a part of. Because then you take a look at Rondell Moore, who got a lot of preseason hype, and his comps on the Brodo app are Brandon Cooks, Kendall Wright, Tyler Lockett, James Washington, and Santonio Holmes. Those are good fucking comps. Yeah. Like, those are money comps. So... These comps, again, are based on college production, where they were drafted. Like, there's a lot of that's a lot that goes into this comps, not just like, what does this player look like? Like, there's a lot that goes into it. A rookie year production. Correct. A lot goes into yeah. it. So, I, I'm taking a shot on Randall Moore late, and that's about it. I don't want to touch Green Kirk. And then DeAndre Hopkins, of course, has wide receiver one overall upside. I have a feeling that, that AJ Green's going to be um, like a waiver wire guy that can be dependable sometimes. Like I could see AJ Green going for one, but I could also see AJ Green going for like 22 if they throw it up to him a few times uh, because he can still go get it. Like AJ Green has never been a guy who was super separator guy. He just always made the contested catches. That's why even though he's buried in the depth chart in Cincinnati, everyone knows who AJ green is. I mean, not in the depth chart, sorry, the depths of Cincinnati in terms of like, in terms of like media coverage and shit, like everyone knows who AJ green is. It's because he's getting this, getting these highlight plays and he's always all over the highlights. And if he can stay healthy, he hasn't lost that completely. Like he still is a giant man. He still is mad big. Oh, I think that he has the opportunity to maybe like you could take him off the, like if someone has a really bad number two corner, who's like on the shorter side, you could pick him up both waivers and he'll score you a touchdown or two that week. But yeah, I don't think any of these guys besides that, like Christian Kirk, I'm not, forget Christian Kirk. Mike, what about the tight end situation? Like The tight end, starting tight end no re- is, no reason. is Max Williams. Let's move on. Max with Williams. Two yeah, with two X's. Yeah, we're not two starting. X's. And you are not cool drafting X. an Arizona tight end. Just leave it at that. Max. I just, I don't even have him ranked. I need to rank him. I don't even have him ranked. That's kind of wild. But I mean, that's how no it's, it's easy to overlook him because he's not even on the rankings list. There's I actually no went to the theory. rankings list because Fantasy Pros gives them to you, um, and then you have to order them. And I was on the rankings list the other day for a wide receiver, and I was like, yo, there's mad wide receivers here that could do something that are not even on the list. So I thought that was, I thought that was interesting. So get in those lists and, and add some guys. That's, that's the moral of the story to Michael and Jason. Um, one injury away. <laughs> Who's going to move up some of those lists if there's an injury? Rondell Moore. Yeah, I think I'm going to go. Um, if A.J. Green's old ass gets injured, <laughs> which is entirely possible, or the or Christian Kirk just sucks, which is also entirely possible, I think Rondell Moore has upside, as I mentioned in the player comps. Um, so I'm cool taking a shot on Rondell Moore if he's one injury away, in my opinion. To not copy Jason, I'll go... Um... Connor slash Edmonds. If one of them goes down, the other guy is going to be thrust into a more prominent role, which obviously helps their fantasy value. What about what about someone like there's always someone that comes out of nowhere. I think this team could have a come out of nowhere player. Let's say let's say it's pretty likely, right, that um that James Connor gets hurt. I think I'd say it would be likely as as likely as any player would get hurt, he'll get hurt. Chase Edmonds is a smaller guy kind of profiles as a pass catching back. So if Connor gets hurt, which is pretty likely, then you're looking at Jonathan Ward, second year back from Central Michigan, 
23 years old, six feet, 202 pounds. Um, still a little small, but not the smallest. Why are you doing maybe, this? Maybe Jonathan Ward becomes someone that people start saying his name week six. Maybe Why are you'll you just shut this? your face, Grandma. <laughs> maybe Eno Benjamin, who is next on the depth chart, but he's like 5'9", 207. People liked Eno Benjamin for whatever reason last. He was the Darwin Thompson last. Remember Darwin Thompson started getting drafted in like the 10th round? That was hilarious. <laughs> that was uh, Darwin Thompson. I remember us making fun of people for 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 uh telling people to draft darwin thompson a lot yeah. i remember we were making fun of people a lot for that that was fun um, yeah that was a <laughs> that was quite the stupid thing to do if you did that um but yeah jonathan ward keep his name on your Shut radar up. <laughs> alfred morris just got released from the Giants, so maybe they pick up alfred morris one injury away free agent alfred morris all right with that being said um at broto fantasy is where you can find us we're on tiktok now broto fantasy we're on instagram at broto fantasy um, Jason, where can they find you? At Brodo FF Jason. Michael. At Brodo FF Mike. At Brodo FF Tim and at Brodo FF Casanova. Oh, this is all on Twitter. Uh, check us out. This is where that's where we do most of our uh, fan engagement on Twitter because it's easier, just an easier platform for fantasy. So check us out there. And uh, yeah, patreon.com slash Brodo Fantasy. Peace out. Later. Heat wave. <laughs>